My name is Brandon Hare. My name is Dan Hayward. And this is Christianity Commandeered. I really appreciate having Brandon here to uh, discuss some of these topics we've kind of lined up. And I just thought uh, I would take an opportunity to kind of discuss a few things. And uh, I'll let Brandon bring me through some questions and we'll kind of see where we land. Yeah, absolutely. Dan, let's start with, uh, let's just have you talk a little bit about the faith you grew up with. Yeah, good question. So I I grew up in Spokane Valley. Um, If you don't know where that is, it's not Seattle. Um, It's 300 miles east of Seattle. It it doesn't rain here all the time. Uh, It's not cold and cloudy except for in the winter. Uh, different. Um, and, and I grew up in a, what's called a non-denominational church, which, um, I kind of thought everyone was in a non-denominational church at one point, uh, cause there's all these churches in Spokane. We used to think we we're the, the city of churches cause every block there was a church and I just thought it was like the next church. Um, but I, I grew up in kind of a poor area town in Spokane Valley and we, I don't know why, uh, but we would drive into Liberty Lake, which is considered kind of affluent uh, area. Um, I don't know if that necessarily changes the church, uh, but uh, when you have affluence, it might change the message. It's, you know, it's hard to avoid that kind of question. Um, so we would drive into Liberty Lake. We always got there super early. I don't know why we got there early. I always felt like we were waiting around for something to happen and no one was ever there. Um, but conservative um there's no way for me to get around the fact that there's a politic that's connected to my growing up as a what i would call non-denominational christian which today maybe you would call um, the evangelical tradition which is not the traditional excuse me shouldn't use a traditional evangelical but the kind of new wave evangelicalism um is what i grew up with uh which meant that you know we only had male uh, uh elders i don't think they would have ever let uh, a woman be an elder. Um, the pastor was educated. Like this wasn't the type of church that said, you know, we completely cast out knowledge. And so really spiritual leaders is who you had. So it was someone who I know we valued having, you know, someone having a, a degree of some sort. Um, but they changed um, from from five years, years or so. And we had our fair share of uh, scandals in the church, um, you know, between men and women and uh, that kind of thing. And, um, I never thought it was that prolific, but when you look back and talk to more people, you started to think like, ooh, I guess there was more going on than you realize. And, um, you know, sometimes isolated small churches, that's a product of it, but I didn't think much of it as a kid. Um, I know that I was taught what I, I'm, I'm starting to call pocket Christianity, um, kind of a Christianity that's portable. You can pull it out of your pocket, share it with someone. It's c- kind of the lowest common denominator. It's just, just like, here are the basics, here's what you need to know, and you carry it with you. And which really meant that like I didn't have a very uh, deep understanding of the Bible beyond it written in the English version. Um, I, I didn't grow up like reading commentaries. You know, we might have had Bible studies, but um, I really didn't have a context. Um, if anything, the context was supposed to be just be applicable to you today, um, which is, you know, one way to look at it. Um, so yeah, I just I grew up in a kind of community that was, I mean, not diverse for sure, but um, a lot of us were grew up in similar uh, kind of tradition of conservatism. There was a lot of rural people that, that worked and, and lived in that area. Um, but does that kind of cover it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think it's a good picture of where you're coming from. When would you say things started to change for you? 
Yeah, you know, I think that the the major change for me was the fact that I, I was in a very controlled space as a young person. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't I went to a, a school that was very religious, even though it was a public school. Like the teachers actually fought against evolutionary teaching, um, and I remember being proud of that. I remember in seventh grade, um, one of the teachers, uh, Mr. Kendall, was talking about science. He was a science teacher, and he said. Well, the Bible doesn't even talk about dinosaurs. I remembered the Leviathan. I remember saying, it's the, "What about the Leviathan? That's in there." I remember when <laughs> he he was like, and he kind of he kind of shut up. And I remember thinking, "One point me," you know, kind of thing. And um, so there wasn't exactly a lot of questioning of faith, you know, in my growing up or even in high school. But I think for me, once I left that environment and I went to college, all of a sudden, I I also went to Bellingham. Which, uh, for many people in Washington State, you'd say it's even more liberal than Seattle. Um, but a lot of people think that's what got me and, and made me change my mind. But that's, that's not true. Um, I mean, really, when I came across the state, we, I used to say that the west side of the state was the dark side of the state uh, because it was typically highly unchurched. And actually, Bellingham, Whatcom County, uh, they told us, was like the, the lowest churched county in the state. Um, I didn't necessarily feel that way. I surrounded myself with religious people. Um, but coming across the state, there was such a difference uh, of opinion of Christianity. Where I was in high school, I thought of myself as a good person, and people looked up to me because I was Christian, because I stood for something. But when I went to college, exact opposite. Uh, people looked down at me because I was a Christian. They looked at me and they said, well, you're probably a hypocrite. You're inconsistent in belief, and you're probably a Republican. Um, you're not really a religious person. You're a Republican. And I, I don't remember ever being offended by that. I kind of assumed I'd be up against some adversity in college. Um, but um, I had to start weighing those things, started thinking about those things. And then I started running into people who were more conservative than me. And I thought, well, wow, um, these guys, their ideas seem, you know, just different. And I thought like, well, that's, that's not me. And some of them seemed very naive. I was really surprised because they had a mindset that was kind of like, well, God's always there. So things can always be good. Um, they had health and wealth mentalities, which health and wealth is, you know, if you're good and you follow God, you can be wealthy. Um, you can get uh, benefits on earth for being a Christian. And I didn't grow up with that. Um, that was pretty far away from me. I, I grew up poor. I didn't know I was poor. Um, but I didn't have a lot. I didn't have the, the toys that other people had when I went to their houses. I didn't think much of it. But I did grow up with a computer, which was was rare because uh, my dad owned a computer business. Um, so really, college kind of had to make me answer these questions. And economics was really one of my turning points was economics professors. So I had uh, a lot of conservative economic professors, and they kept telling me messages that I realized were only theories, and I realized that that they never could apply uniformly in the United States ever and they never would and I remember being blown away by that because a lot of my upbringing was this kind of you know it works the economy works people sell things and buy things and for some reason that was God's hand and when you talk about Adam Smith you talk about this invisible hand and I remember thinking that oh oh no I don't think the invisible hand's real I don't think it's God even um, it's probably greed uh, but these other factors and and by the time I was out of college, I was still kind of dealing with these thoughts that within the next few years I had decided that I, I guess I'm not conservative because although I didn't think my views had changed I realized that they didn't fit nice and neatly into the conservative Christian world anymore 
totally. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's interesting journey that you've been on, and uh, we'll get into mine here in a minute. Uh, but it's interesting how people can start from a pretty similar point, and then life experiences take them in different directions. Uh, and yet, somehow, we are both sitting here starting this podcast. And I guess that that would lead to my last question, Dan. And that would be, why do you want to do this podcast? What brings you here? I think there's kind of three main things that I've been thinking about. Things have been kind of rolling around in my head for a while. One, my wife and I, we are very, uh, we want to be very intentional about how we raise our kids. And one of the most challenging things is raising a kid really, in, in, I mean, in any, in any world, in any time, but here you're fighting a lot of different things. You're, they're going to grow up. They're going to listen to their friends. They have teachers, they have television. And now these days, kids just have cell phones they are connected to one each other quickly. They can communicate quickly. Uh, they can go on YouTube. Um, they can, I mean, it's cohesive in one way and it's disconnected in another way, but it's a way that I didn't grow up with. And you're wondering, well, how do you, how do you teach a child a kind of religious values or morals where there's so many competing interests? And so I think the first thing for me is saying, well, this is considering how I was raised and how I want my kids to be raised, but really most importantly, how I want the outcomes to be. Now, we don't have control of the, the outcomes, but working towards an outcome that allows them to grow with their faith, that'd be the first one. Uh, two, this is really, I, I think, an opportunity for people who grew up conservative, Christian, and just they bounced. They said, like, wow, I, I can't do this anymore. This obviously, I read later the Bible's inconsistent. I, I realize it's, it's it's not inerrant, or you said it's only for Republicans, or um you know, there's there's so many terrible things in the Catholic Church, uh, you know, with uh, the priesthood. Um, I think it's an opportunity to kind of revisit that question and say, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, there might be there's something there to discuss that it's it's also about growth. It doesn't mean you have to throw away where you came from. Um, it doesn't mean you have to be the same way. Um, I was going to say a third one and. Now nah, it's not coming to me, but uh, those were kind of the main two topics is just exploring that, which kind of includes a third one, which is kind of a, a quasi, which is, you know, if that's if you're still in the same place when you were young, is that the place you should be? And that kind of covers it. Great. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, well, I, I thought uh, I would ask you the same exact questions um, uh, and, and just kind of hear from you as well um so sure. where, 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 where was your upbringing and kind of uh religious life when you and when you were young yeah so you know it was interesting with my parents uh both i would say are devout christians but they come from very different places so my dad was catholic and came from like a big catholic family and my mom was protestant um so the church that we attended was was presbyterian um, it's often, you know, nicknamed the frozen chosen. Uh, so <laughs> not yeah. a lot of emotion is shown in those spaces. Uh, very focused on the Bible, uh, on obedience, on following Jesus, um, around learning and studying, uh, and like an intake of knowledge. Um, and that was definitely like ingrained in me early on. And I think something that comes back in and out throughout my story is this like desire for the truth 
um, and desire for wisdom, uh, a desire to know God. Um, and like that journey has changed and my ideas of truth have changed as we've gone, but like that, that part of me, I don't know if it came from my parents or from my church, uh, but that was instilled in me very early on. I honestly don't remember a ton throughout like my, like elementary, middle school, high school days. I, I was very much like the Christian kid, uh, so the kid that didn't drink, the kid that didn't get in trouble, um, and a lot of my identity was wrapped around those things. And it was very much like, aside from a couple Mormons, uh, I was really the only like religious person in, in my friend group and on my sports teams and things like that. And uh, so I think that the things that like really cemented cemented my faith would have come in college. So I went to, to Washington State and Pullman and got involved with, uh, at the time it was called Campus Crusade. Now it's called Crew, uh, which is a pretty like conservative Baptist uh, college ministry, which is really focused on like sharing the gospel with as many people as possible. And uh, a lot of talk about like who's saved and who's lost. Um, basically every, every sermon at a Campus Crusade gathering was around the Great Commission. <laughs> uh, go yeah. and make disciples. Uh, and so, uh, so even though, like at, at the church I grew up in, one of the the pastors was a woman. Um, I I came out of of college very much with like the complementarian mindset that like men should be in charge, like kind of like what you said uh, about the church you grew up in, like. Uh, male headship in the family and in the church. Uh, so somewhere along the lines, even though I had a pastor that was a woman and never thought twice about it, uh, somewhere along the lines during my college days when things like got really serious for me, uh, my theological beliefs got more and more conservative. Um, and that affected me politically as well. So I didn't really see like anything as an option besides being a Republican. Uh, so President Obama was elected when I was in college. Um, and I just remember like being very against that um, and even argumentative with people. Um, and yeah, I just really thought that that was like the only way to truly be Christian at that time. Uh, my my wife and I, uh, who was my high school sweetheart, so we started dating my sophomore year of high school. We got married right after college um, and moved to Seattle. I worked in banking for a while and just really felt this like guilt for not doing more for Jesus, uh, which very much came from those days of Campus Crusade and uh, the idea that, you know, I'm wasting my life. I'm not doing enough, those types of things. So I decided to uh, go to seminary to be a pastor, to be, uh, you know, even more all in than I already was. Um, and yeah, so we moved to Denver to kind of start the process of becoming, uh, pastor and pastor wife. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to mirror that too. I, I, I think you got in a little more detail. I, you know, I would have grown up, no alcohol, no tattoos, no cussing, no swearing. That was a value. If I, if you did those things, that was wrong. I would have thought. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I had kids that would like apologize to me for swearing in front of me, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, to- I had the same like, thing. Yeah. yeah. I, and I, I totally would have thought I would have been, you know, the head of the house. I would have had a stay at home wife. Um, I remember I'm a little older than, than Brandon, uh, a little, I guess maybe people would say marginally, uh, older, but I, I grew up in the era where I wrote negative campaign ads against Clinton. I remember thinking the world would end if he got elected. And I wrote, I think at least seven ads that were talking about how terrible he was and how good Bush was. And, um, uh, I don't remember why I was doing that. I don't remember someone telling me to do it. Um, it just that that's what it was. Um, so I, I mirror I mirror that kind of sentiment. Um, wh- when do you think you started to change in your mind? Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me it was later on in life than you. Sounds like you know the, that those things started to come a little bit earlier for you. Uh, so when I went to grad school in Denver, it was a, a pretty conservative evangelical seminary. Um, and I loved it. I mean, I was, I was all in studying Greek and Hebrew and preaching and working at a local church. And, um, I mean, I'd always done pretty well in school, but I, I really loved this. It it felt like a, a dream job kind of thing. Um, but in our last year there, sort of the three year program, uh, we got pregnant with Bennett, our, our oldest, um, and that's when things started to change, but slowly. I wasn't really in a place in life where I, I could explore big questions because I was, you know, at this really conservative evangelical seminary. Um, my whole world was that. So I wasn't about to rock the boat too much, but uh, it really started with questions uh, about hell and about, you know, did I love my son more than God did if if he didn't? come to believe in Jesus. And I uh, didn't really, like I said, like I explored it a little bit, like with some of my best friends there. But like when I left seminary, I was very much a conservative evangelical, ready to be a pastor uh, with my inerrant Bible in hand <laughs> uh, and ready to go, you know, even if it was going to be a little bit different than where I would have been a decade previously. Um I still was very much like committed to that mission. Uh, so that first summer that uh, after I graduated from seminary, we moved back to Spokane, which is where I grew up. So close, close to where you were in Spokane Valley. And I was just working at a restaurant, uh, kind of waiting to see what was going to happen with starting a new church. I was planning on uh, planting a new church in the area and doing that whole thing. And a coworker of mine, uh, died suddenly in, in an accident mm-hmm. and uh, she was 21. Uh, I don't know anything about like her religious beliefs or, or what she believed, but uh, it, it finally hit me in regards to this idea of, of heaven and hell that, you know, if she didn't believe the right things in the view that I had held for my whole life, God, God was done with her. And that, that's really what triggered um, a deconstruction, if you will, uh, which I know is a, a hot word lately in, in Christian circles. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was back in 2016 and it's been quite the journey and we'll, we'll hit on a lot of those things as we go. But uh, that's really what, what began um, kind of that next stage, next phase of my life. Yeah. Yeah. What about, uh, do you have some goals or what are the reasons you're 
coming out to talk today. Yeah. You know, uh, I really loved both of your answers. And so I'm going to copy them mostly. Uh, I think the idea of parenting is like the most important thing to my wife and I right now. And what does that look like when things aren't as black and white and as certain as they were with kind of the, the, the version of the faith that we grew up with. Um, and so I think exploring those things out loud and um, getting to hear from other voices is just going to be super valuable. And so like, I'm excited to see what we learn from each other and from other people we bring on and just what this experience can do for, for that process. Because, you know, I've got three little kiddos and we feel pretty, uh, (laughs) pretty lost about, you know, how do we, how do we communicate things about, about God now, if we are not sure exactly what we believe. Um, And so that, that's a big one for sure. And I think, you know, the other thing would be to, I, I just know a lot of people in my life grew up in a similar story as mine. And so to hear from other people who have gone through some sort of deconstruction or ask big questions and didn't have a place for it, maybe their church or their the ministry they were part of or the small group they were in or whatever the case may be, didn't really allow for those things. And so just to be able to be a place where that is safe and not only like allowed, but like truly valued. Um, And I think that, you know, through this process that we've been on the last five or six years, uh, the wrestling and the back and forth and things going from black and white to gray has been incredibly value, but valuable, but it's super hard and really, really lonely. Um, if you don't have people to do that with. And so I think, you know, not that my voice matters more than anybody else's, but just to give permission for those things. And Mm. just to say that I think God honors and values that process, uh, whatever you (laughs) think, uh, God is like, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, they're gonna be along the ride with us and, uh, so yeah, that those would probably be the two biggest things for me would be, what does this look like as parents? Um, and then, uh, yeah, what does this look like to, to do this in community with other people as opposed to all alone, which is what a lot of our journey has been the last five or six years. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'd say one of my guiding lights uh, as we go forward is, I think it's Proverbs 17, 18 or something like that i uh i am a lawyer i will i will put that out there so that doesn't mean that i look at everything uh legally but um uh, it's a verse that says uh basically when the first person comes forward and tells a story it seems true uh but after the second person comes forward maybe now there's a question um one of the translation basically says when a person comes forward and questions that person um, and, and I think that just, and also to put a little bit of a, a flair on what we're kind of getting into, there's some other ways to translate that. And, uh, they really tell different messages uh, and one kind of is legalistic because they actually uses the word cross examine, 
which actually is a, a technique in the law that when uh, someone is talking and telling their story, the lawyer on the other side comes in and then asks them questions, very direct questions, in a way to either discredit or get at the truth or show um, a different side of the story because that person's just not willingly giving it out there. And I think that's a part of what I'd like to do as we kind of go along is we're, we're cross-examining our own faiths. Um, and one of the translations said something along the lines of that you should be the first crit- critic of your own uh, choices at life and story. And that's kind of what I want to do here is a critic of kind of where I came from and where I'm going. I love that. Um, and I'm excited to do this with you and to explore the Bible, explore politics and how those things are related and just really uh, dig into what it means to, to follow Jesus in the Western world. Definitely. Definitely. And I, yeah, I just, I love you, man. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we're doing this together. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'm I'm signing off and we'll, we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. We want to thank you for being here to listen to this podcast. We want to wish you shalom. We wish you shalom.